Are we ready, Spaghetti? Oh, we're ready, Spaghetti. Oh, this is exciting because uh, for listeners, obviously, every two weeks you get to hear our lovely voices. But for Carmen and I, it's been like a month. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we oh, like shit. It has been a month. in advance, like uh, probably longer <laughs> than a month, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's been like a month and a half. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Yeah, because I was like, I'm a little nervous about recording today. I wonder why that is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Makes sense. Well, welcome to Icolus Spider. A little rusty. <laughs> right. <laughs> welcome to I'd Kill a Spider for you. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And this is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about everything under the sun. We politicize everything. We get real angry and passionate and um mm-hmm. if you want to hear two racialized women you know talk your ear off on whatever topic whether it be <laughs> the lord of the Rings or perhaps the alt-right we will we're here we're here we're here we're queer we're talking about it like this is gonna be great yeah i mean it's so much fun and, so- and today's topic is near and dear to both of our hearts <laughs> i mean dear is not the word i'd use for it um <clears throat> yeah you're right maybe uh near and uh horrific near and, near to our and, um, not dear wow my vocabulary is really failing me today <laughs> near just and abhorrent to our my hearts. friend just blame the pandemic oh yeah, yeah. so we're gonna be talking about u.s the usa mm-hmm. usa usa nope. no thank you <laughs> yeah we'll be talking about uh mostly u.s politics and uh how we as uh racialized canadian slash immigrant canadian people feel about our uh, neighbors down south. I say that the American experiment has failed. Uh, they need to do like a peer-reviewed study. The experiment's over. <laughs> like it's time right to like. Right off the bat, y'all have failed. <laughs> you have not succeeded. Or maybe you have. Maybe this is just the fullest expression of success when you're built on racism and manifest destiny. There's like there's nowhere. No, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere that they could have gone. Okay, so shall we begin? I think we should talk about our relationship as Canadians, you know, looking at the United States, which can be kind of, you know, fraught. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I can start. I mean, I grew up. Okay, how do I say this properly? So I am an immigrant, but my mother had many an interaction before moving back to Canada because we lived in Canada in the late 70s and 80s and then moved back to Mexico and then traveled her way around Central America uh, during some turbulent times brought to you by U.S. intervention and uh, the Cold War. My mom did a lot of stuff related to the U.S., not in the U.S., and I'm not going to get into what that stuff was. <laughs> uh, and then we moved back here um, to Canada. And so I've had a very unique understanding of the U.S. Um, one, because I'm Mexican. Um, my family's Mexican, but also because my mother raised me. Like, I feel like Latin Americans fall into two camps. and Maybe there's other camps, but like the two camps that I know are either that you grew up being told that the U.S. and everything American, Disney World, you know, like the White House, the the American president are like what you want to be, right? Like going to Disney World is like what you want. Um, being able to like, yeah, like everything about it is like it is actually the American dream. And then there's another team of Latin Americans where they're like, y'all are the devil and you ruined our continent time and time again after we were already colonized, which is like where my family stands. Yeah. And then living in Canada, I feel like it's like a weird, like they always call it like the big brother 
like little brother kind of relationship, like where it's like a bit of a rivalry, which I don't really see it that way. But I do feel that like I grew up despite all of this thinking that like living in LA would be like so much cooler than living in Toronto or also because I'm Mexican and I just want to be around my people for a while and like other things. But I'm just like... I'm no longer, nothing about the U.S. shocks me because my mother prepared me for everything that has thus far taken place. But it's still wild. You can like not be shocked and still be like, well, this is, this is wild, guys. And so I feel like for the last like 10 years, I've been like, y'all are wild. You know this, right? Yeah. Like you've lost your minds. You've lost your minds. And so that's where I'm at now. And I think now everyone has, uh, you know, caught up and everybody's sitting here going like, do you see this? Do you see these people we're letting into this country? Do you see them? And that's where we're at. I mean, build that wall, honestly. We got (laughs) it. Apparently, our border with the U.S. would be the the largest border. I think I I, I do know that, yeah. Which is wild. I didn't even think of that. But anyway, that's its own story. But man, like, I I wouldn't let them in either. So (laughs) that's all I have to say. Um, so for me, mine is a little bit different because I'm, I'm first generation Canadian. My mom moves here when she was like in her early twenties and I'm Jamaican. So that's a whole other different thing. But I feel like my family has never, my mother specifically has never <laughs> idolized the United States of America. Like not once, not ever. And I have some family who lives in the States. So I have aunts and uncles mm-hmm. who, instead of coming from Jamaica to Canada, they went from Jamaica to the States. Mm-hmm. And like my earliest exposure to the United States was going there and going to visit my cousins who lived in mm-hmm. Kentucky. Yep. Uh, shout out to my beautiful, lovely cousin who was on my 90 day, uh, our 90 day fiance episode. She was a, a real peach. She's a truly. dream. She's wonderful. However, I did have to go visit them in Kentucky as a child. And so my vision of the United States was like a very white Christian vision, which I mean, <laughs> not wrong. And as I've gotten older, I like, as a Canadian, you kind of get this thing where you're taught like oh Canadians are so nice and Canada is so nice and to an extent Canadians are polite but Mm. like we have our own history of horrible atrocities Mm. and so for the last like 10 years I would say I've been one of those people who's like no like we can't be critiquing other places because Canada has its own history of genocide its own history of atrocities like Mm -hmm. we had residential schools until the fucking 80s like 90s Catherine 90s what's the 90s Yes. It was like 94 was the last one to close. We were still alive when they closed. I don't know why. I just, my my brain was just telling me 86, which is probably some (laughs) year of some other atrocity. I'm just mixing it up with. Uh. So Canada has all of this. And so I have been one of those people who's like, we can't be so critical of other places or we need to like stay in our lane when we're, we're being critical. Girl, not anymore. I think we can drop that now. I think as Canadians, we can now, (laughs) we are now at the point where we do not have to do that. We do not have to make any like, like uh, excuses or any sort of proclamations and no preamble is necessary. Like, Mm -mm. listen, we're good now. Now I can openly point and be like, that is a trash ass country with like no remorse. I don't have to acknowledge any of Canada's atrocities. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) You let it happen. You let yourself slip too far down. Like what I say sometimes now is like, it's not that Canada's better. But America is way worse. It was so much worse. <laughs> Another thing that I've always been like, listen, there's racism everywhere. There's so much racism in Toronto. I've experienced plenty of racism in Canada. Girl, I went to New York City in like two, 2017. Mm. Uh, never experienced such a harsh 
dichotomy like never seen so much racism never felt so scared in my life like never seen that many cops ever it's one of those things that like as a trontonian you're like oh no we have police presence too no we do not no no No, we do not (laughs) which is weird because like our police budget is still like a billion (laughs) dollars Right? I'm like, where, where are you guys? But I, then, like, so how much are they spending? There was a cop on every single goddamn corner in the States. I can't. I, I've told, maybe I've told this story on the podcast before, but I remember when I was leaving, I think it was after being, like, a week in New York City, and I was just like, I just want to go home. I just want to <laughs> go somewhere clean. I just don't want to smell piss every three seconds. This place is a trash hole. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, 6 a.m. I get an Uber, and the Uber driver is black, and I'm black. And then as we're driving, we turn a corner, and we are, like, right next to a car with four black guys in it with two gigantic white cops shining lights in. Oh, I like, no. I just want to get to the airport. I was stressed <laughs> the whole drive. I was like, please don't stop us, please. I just want to get to the airport. <laughs> it was so stressful. See, for us, I feel like, yeah, there's like definitely racism that we experience on a day-to-day. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that, like, for, for us, it's also one of those things where, like, if you go to Grimsby, Ontario, people okay. will stare at you. But do you, will you go to Grimsby, Ontario? Probably Certainly not. not. Well, we'll not be there. <laughs> Where in the U.S. I feel like you can't escape it. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, I remember when I found out that, um, where's Nicole Byer from? No, Chicago. Her, her, her She has family in Chicago. Oh, Miss Chicago. Yeah. And she talked about how segregated it was. And like, you know, if I think of Chicago, I think it's a huge city. So I don't think of it being super obviously segregated. But then I hear stories about how bad the segregation is in places like Chicago or like even New Orleans and like other places. And I'm like, I don't. I can't even feel safe in a city. Like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Where am I supposed to go? Yeah, it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary, yeah. (laughs) Very, very scary. I mean, you went to New York by yourself, so like, kudos to you, because you are far braver than I. It was, honestly, Carmen, I, like, I've never experienced that level of street harassment in my life. Like, Um, what's wrong with that When you told me, I was like, excuse me? (laughs) I was like, it's 10 a.m. What do you do? Who is... I was like I just like landed I'm like rolling a suitcase to like the place I'm going to it's 10 in the morning and some man is shouting at me from a car licking his lips and I was like it's so early like it wasn't even like it's like 10 a.m man the sun is I mean I feel like that's like a New York thing right like I hear it all the time like I hear that like catcalling is a very New York Mm -hmm. experience which like I don't want that's like the opposite of of what I want then it sounds horrifying and it's funny also because it's like it's not as if we don't experience street harassment in Toronto but like Mm -hmm. generally speaking if you have headphones on people will not talk to you not so literally not so like people like I was like get the fuck like some man starts like walking right beside me and I'm like this is well anyway this is a whole (laughs) other issue but toxic masculinity and the um, (laughs) aggressive patriarchy in the United States does also need to be addressed so actually we're on topic all right so let's get into it um so it has been um uh, I mean now when we're recording it's been uh about a week a little bit under a week but I guess by the time this will go out this Friday it'll be a week a and a bit since the inauguration not gonna lie not that I was disappointed but I was a little bit disappointed because I was like if I could have some drama that right? would be great I was now. like where are the where are they where's the bitch babies are they all at home crying they go? like literally I, I honestly <laughs> I 100% know that that morning there was a million texts going out being like, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling that good today. <laughs> it's actually kind of cold outside. It's kind of cold outside. I don't know if I can, I can come to um, the white supremacist rally today, but <laughs> 
keep me posted. Like that was, that was like a <laughs> million email chains, like the morning of. Oh God. I know. I mean, I think I'm just like, I, I find it very strange. Like the U S I always, I, okay. So I, this is going to sound ridiculous. So my mom obviously was a single mom as we've discussed before. And she used to take me to her organizing meetings because my mom used to do a lot of activism stuff. So she used to go to a lot of meetings, a lot of groups, and I was young. So she would take me with her. So I would be like the kid amongst all these like activist revolutionary people from all over the place. And I specifically remember like I was like 10 or 11, Catherine, we were sitting around a table. It was the summer. We were outside. My mother probably doesn't even remember the story. And we were at this like meeting at a house at a really nice house in Toronto. And they were talking about some some of the conversations this woman was having with her in-laws or something. And I just distinctly remember her saying, yeah, but you know, her in-laws are from Florida. And everybody, like the resounding sound around the table was, oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, so you all, you're all on the same page. Okay, Florida bad. I I now know I will not visit there. (laughs) So it was just, anyway, those were the spaces I was around. So I also just want to say, I don't know what your mother's reaction was to what happened on Capitol Hill a few weeks ago, but um, I just, because I have CNN, no, I have BBC and CBC on my phone and they like give you the like breaking news or whatever notifications. And I was working and all of a sudden I check my phone. I have like 10 notifications, like five from CBC, five from the BBC. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, whoever stormed Capitol Hill, <laughs> whatever. And it made me, <laughs> and I just looked at it and I laughed. Like I cackled, like I cackled for, I'm, I'm going to say like a full two minutes. Cause I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I messaged my mom and my mom doesn't watch the news. And I was like, mom, have you, have you watched the news? And she's like, yep. And then she just sent me a bunch of laughing emojis. And I was like, this is just, this is just how we feel. It was, yeah. I remember that morning, like, I think I had like an interview or something. Like I had like something very mundane to do in the morning. And then like, I come out of my room, blah, blah, blah. I'm just getting some water. And then my sister and my mom, it's funny because my sister and my mom are on Twitter. I am not. I mean, I am. I just don't post anything on Twitter. And they're going through their Twitter and they're like, so, <laughs> you know, and it's so, and, and I was like actually on my Twitter for the first time in forever, just like going through all the memes and going through everything. Like, it was so, it was like, it was just wild. It was so crazy. And I was like, these, these motherfuckers are just saying their names. They're taking photos. They're like, I am Reginald. <laughs> like, you can find me at this no. address. <laughs> you can find me at 222 Pizza Shit Street. You can <laughs> follow me on Snapchat. Like, like, it was like very strange. And yeah, and like the, the onion girl, like my sister thinks that it wasn't uh, an onion, but the woman who's like, I was maze. Maybe it's a revolution. That girl, like she had an onion fully, in her hand like by the onion. way that is not the reaction when you're maced you're pouring milk in your eyes <laughs> like you're doing and something you're else. vomiting there's snot coming all out of your face absolutely not you're that's not mildly idea. crying saying it's a revolution <laughs> no that, those are onion tears oh yeah i don't really even think you can speak when you've been maced like, TBH. like that's just of, not a thing not <laughs> a bitch baby like is unprecedented like and it's just like an unprecedented like amount of just like crying like pathetic losers who like every single time that they lose are like the most whiny crybabies you've ever heard and when the one time they won in like 2016 they're like oh, cry about it baby like I was like 
Well, you know, that's called entitlement. I mean, it's just like the utmost entitlement. But I must say that when you build a nation on the idea of uh, divine right and entitlement, you're going to get some entitled assholes. Especially when it's not even like divine right for the king. It's not like there's nope. divine right for one person. Nope. It's divine for everybody. You can't who tell white? everyone <laughs> who's white. Yeah, that they're they are like the master race and they're divine and they're just going to be normal people. Like what? The, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Oh, no, absolutely not. I know that there's this. You know how there's all this. I think we've talked about this before, maybe. But there's this idea of like epigenetic trauma or like mm-hmm. like trauma that you hold from your ancestors as well as the, from all the trauma that you experience and why so many racialized people have things like fibromyalgia and like the chronic Girl. pain issues and one of the things I was reading this thing and this person was like what kind of epigenetic shit do you think white people are carrying and I was like it's called yeah, entitlement right? it's called legit, entitlement but like also like just like um well to, to borrow one of their terms like just complete no flakes like they just <laughs> they can't help but like cry about things and they can't understand why they're not i know obviously it's entitlement but like maybe maybe they have inherited like no they've inherited like this they've they've just inherited this feeling it's like not just entitlement i as somebody with anxiety i know what it feels like to lose control you hate it and i feel like they've built up this like anxiety of losing yeah. privilege yeah, an anxiety about losing privilege and an anxiety that they're going to get their fucking comeuppance one day. Yeah, but it's also like, yes, 100%. But I also think it's like they, they've been like, I think ancestrally, there was always this anxiety, one, that our slaves are going to revolt and kill us. And then the other one is this like understanding that they deserve everything, but also they could lose everything. And it's gotten now to the point where people who have nothing like nothing, like truly you're voting against your own best interest. Like you have like two teeth in your mouth, like <laughs> one eye, like you have like a missing hand. You have no health care. You lost it and you also have diabetes and you're- And, and you have no health care. And, and, and you no health care. You got nobody in your corner. Is a problem. And you voted for the person who is most likely to take all that shit away from you. And like, you still don't get it. Like you don't see it. So it's gotten now to the point where I'm like, you guys are destroying us- but also in the process yourselves? Yeah, that's what inherited white trauma. Who knew? It's, uh, <laughs> it's my theory. <laughs> Honestly, like write that dissertation because I think that <laughs> is good. Yeah, and also I kind of want to talk a little bit because sometimes they go into like little wormholes on like uh, mm. online about alt-right stuff. Just like no, learning yeah. about, you know, just like, not like, I'm not like on the forums. I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like <laughs> learning about like what happens and why and about these, like, it's always the exact same story. It's never surprising. It's never, like, information I didn't know. It's disenfranchised mm-hmm. young, like, not young. Yes. Disenfranchised usually men, usually mm-hmm. white. Although when they're not, I'm always like, what the fuck? And we'll talk about that <laughs> later. But, like, usually white, usually men. <laughs> and they, they're just, like, so completely sad that they become obsessed with the minutia. So, like, with incels and their whole like Mm. becky chad dichotomy they're also very obsessed with looks and with like um Mm -hmm. facial reconstruction and they're also (laughs) very obsessed with the idea of just like getting a couple more inches on their jawline or their cheekbones or whatever sorry wait what yes they are obsessed and they will also make fun of like plastic surgery like they would get injections if they could they're all interested in that they're all interested in plastic surgery they're all interested in like basically like basically what is essentially like 
masculinization surgery. Catherine, like, you've blown my mind. Like you've blown my mind. <laughs> and they all rate each other. And there's so much to it where it's just like incels specifically are so insanely image conscious, but also will be so down on ev- absolutely everybody. But yeah. Yeah, huh. we literally talk about like how, um, oh, well, if you just had a couple inches of bone on your face, if you just had a couple, if you just had like a slightly uh, larger build, if you just had a couple inches of this, they're so fucking obsessed with bones and skulls, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so there's those people. And these mm-hmm. are all part of the like, if you hear any weird noises, it's my cat. Um, mm-hmm. These are all part of like the manosphere kind of um, groups, wow. quote unquote. So oh what this is, is that like, it's basically literally what I would say is the manosphere is basically anyone who talks about a red pill, blue pill, like anybody, if you're, if you're using, <laughs> you have to take the red pill kind of bullshit, like it's part of the manosphere. And so there's also then of course the alt-right people and they're obviously obsessed with like racial purity, but they're also fucking obsessed with like bones and skulls and shit. Cause they'll talk about like the way people look and like, like um, they basically are like old timey eugenicists. Like they time traveled or something. And yes. they're so, I, I remember what, I read a term today. Cause like, I can't remember what it was, but it was like bio, it was like biologically racist. No, biologically something. Ah, whatever. But it was just like the ter- <laughs> specific term for like um, these alt-right groups. And um, wild. yeah, they're like, they're so, they're, they're just like old-timey eugenicists. Like them and Joseph Mengele would like get along, <laughs> have a great time, high five. And then there's also the pickup artists who, again, obsessed with how they look, obsessed with like harassing people. So like the difference is that like pickup artists are just like virulent misogynists, but they also have like a bunch of um a bunch of like racist stuff because right. then like oh oh and the craziest thing about the pickup artist slash slash incel kind of groups like people who are obsessed with women. Mm-hmm. So the ones who are not white will also use racist terms against themselves. Like I'm fairly sure this what? is the <laughs> truth, but like sometimes brown I can't remember the word for black people who are incels, but like brown people who are incels will call themselves curry cells. Fuck off. I'm not, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, and I'm talking about like this manosphere thing is because this is where all of the alt-right like either recruits Recruit? from, where they like find their people, where they just sort of lure men in. And basically they just have to make you believe in one crazy thing. And then they have to make you believe in just one more crazy thing, just one more mm-hmm. crazy thing. And then they just mm-hmm. keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then it becomes like fucking QAnon and like all the people who are just like obsessed with the idea of this like wild conspiracy. And actually one of the things is that like, um, because nothing happened on inauguration day, there are some people who are having like a crisis of faith because they thought something was going to happen that day. And they thought like QAnon Q was going to come out and it was going to be a big thing. There was going to be a revolution. Like it's like a whole. So yeah. So they're all recruited from these same sad spaces and they're all, yeah, basically a cult. And the thing about them is that they're decentralized. So it's not like you can just go to their clubhouse. No, they're everywhere. No. Everywhere in their basement. Yeah. If they have basements, come on, they don't have houses in their one bedrooms, in their bachelor pads. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, with the living. Actually, I follow this band that I really enjoy. Um, and uh, I think they're from New York. And I was fo- like, it's a racialized, like, screamo ish band. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're all racialized. And this one guy, I guess, lives with roommates. And when the inauguration day happened, he posted a story of his roommate that he lives with this racialized man. And he's like, I don't know if you can hear this, but my roommate is upstairs throwing a tantrum because Trump isn't president. And I was like, you live with these people? 
and they just live everywhere. I, they're also politicians. I only found out this week that apparently Ted Cruz had a lot more to do with this weird group of white people running in trying to storm the Capitol. And I was like, have you not done enough, sir? Have you not done enough? Like, why is Ted Cruz helping? Well, actually, I know why. I don't know why I'm asking. We know um, why. <laughs> it was just very funny. Like I have a lot of um, Latin American friends and like people that I follow um, who are from South America specifically. And like anybody who knows anything about kind of US history and its involvement in Latin America specifically knows kind of the negative shit, the like horrendous atrocities that have happened because of US interventionism in, in Latin America specifically like one of the biggest ones that's like most well-known and most well-researched is Operation Condor, which is during the Cold War when the U.S. was like democratically um, elected socialist presidents. (laughs) Nay, nay, let me bring in a dictator and murder all of your leftists. And that's what they did. And then you had Chile and then you had Argentina. Um, You had that as well. I think I feel like Bolivia, Peru, like these places all had these things happen. Brazil, you know, and it was just like U.S. backed military coups. And so when um, I was talking to people when all of this happened, like Latin American, and they were like, how does it feel? How does it feel on your doorstep when random ass, stupid ass people come who got no business being there and try and stop a democratically elected president from taking office? How the fuck does it feel? And I was like, yeah, people have no sympathy, I think, for the most part. I think most of the world is like, are you, are you like, are you okay? Because we saw this coming, but apparently you didn't. So I mean, <laughs> speaking of Latin Americans, no, no, <laughs> we don't need. We don't I mean, need to go there. <laughs> I mean, who's the founder of, or not the founder, the leader of the Proud Boys right now? His name is probably John Smith. Enrique and uh, <laughs> no, Tario is that his name? Maybe. And also, one of the other, like one of the founders of the Proud Boys, is Gavin McInnes, who is Canadian. So it's I basically can't. you. It's basically you. It's like those two men <laughs> had a baby, and it's you, and you founded the Proud Boys, Carmen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, uh, I I think the amount of times I have because I know W. Kamau Bell and Harry uh, Harry Kondabalu have a have a podcast together, um, politically reactive, and I know they did an episode on the Proud Boys years ago, and I know I knew this. And I know I knew that he was Latin American and I know that I must have blocked it out of my brain because I re-remembered it like whenever you and I spoke that last time, like two weeks ago or whatever. And I was like, I didn't need to remember remember that. Why are Latin Americans like this, Catherine? Literally? By the way, Don't embarrass me. Let me just say, (laughs) you all embarrass me. Latinos for Trump, Carmen. Latinos for Trump. I remember. uh, (laughs) Half of them are white Cubans, which none of us None, none of us claim the white Cubans. You can have them. <laughs> you know what the weirdest thing about the Proud Boys is? Um, <laughs> is the fact that their name comes from a song like that wasn't even in Aladdin, but is a song from Aladdin that was written for Aladdin, but never made it to the actual musical. It may be in the stage musical. It's called what? Crowd. I'm not joking. It's called Crowd of <laughs> Your Boy. And it was written by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman <laughs> was so gay. <laughs> And sorry, also sorry. what white supremacist gay was like no, I, no, I, we should call it proud of your boy that's where, I know. That's where, that's where proud boys comes from from a song <laughs> by fucking howard ashman and alan menken the men who brought you the songs from the little mermaid <laughs> aladdin and beauty and the beast 
um Oh, okay, Lord. so that and also so to be fair, just to, for Carmen's sake, I said if I mentioned the Proud Boys founder, I'd mention <laughs> the, the weirdo group of people. I don't think it's an actual group. I think it's just like five men who wear these shirts but show up at Trump rallies and they call themselves blacks for Trump. No, well, I don't know about you, but calling yourself a blacks like 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 saying blacks about yourself <laughs> really to me speaks of though them not being black people and no. very clearly being in the sunken place <laughs> like very clearly well being, you know like their brains carmen you've never properly seen get out but you know the concept right yes very well i do yeah, I've, I've read very detailed white brains, <laughs> like there's a, a moment in get out where like like a the guy who's not actually black who has a white man's brain the black man's body says and does things that are so not a black person thing to do that you're like, oh well, that's a call. that's a telling sign. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, blacks for Trump calling out for help. They're calling out for help. That, they, yeah. they, uh, I, uh, there's no way that those are black people, and if they are, shame on them. And, and also, <laughs> and also, the black people they're not even like light bright two shades from white. I think I have white privilege. Black people they no. are darkity dark, 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 like Uncle Ruckus <laughs> types. Like, and you're like, what's happening here now? Now I don't mean to offend anyone, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Notice how I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing very carefully, Carmen. No, but seriously, 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 white supremacy cannot be upheld without the, you know, support of us racialized people. They're, they're so. always going to be there. They're always going to be telling fucking Massa what you're doing and what the, when the revolution is. Like, so. Like, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. Now, am I excited for the U.S. to get back to, like, norm, it's normal everyday racism? Sure. I saw a post about how people now are concerned about the fact that Joe Biden has a Peloton bike and it can be a security risk. And I was like, you know, this is probably going to be like, remember when Obama wore a tan suit and people lost their minds? Remember when he ate Dijon mustard? And, and people <laughs> lost their minds? I'm so glad that we're back to those okay. problems. Like, I really am really glad. Because, like, I could not stand the sound of Donald Trump's voice. Everything he said was a lie. But, like, I'm also one of those people who's like, I mean, that wasn't much better. Like it was better, but also Carmen, like no, Carmen, awful. you have to stop being one of those people. Like it's like I just can't stand them. I mean, I not to say that I wanted Trump to win. I think I'm very glad that he didn't win. I was very worried, but I just like the difference want is ring Joe Biden's neck. The sometime. difference is so incredibly vast. Like 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 if Hillary Clinton had been the president, people would have just been like bitching about how they felt that her COVID policy wasn't effective enough. Not that hundreds of <laughs> millions of people have died in the United States or hundreds of thousands of people have died in the United States. It would have been a different situation. It would I mean, have been would, like, they would, I mean, they wouldn't have even complained about that. They would have said she was too emotional. She's a lady. Yeah, they would have said that she's too emotional, but there would be critiques of like, oh, well, Clinton, President Clinton's um, COVID bill wasn't like blah, blah, blah enough. Not a $2,000 check you get one time. <laughs> like it wouldn't, it is like, when people, I, I know, $1,200. Twelve hundred, right? Um, I know. Not even <laughs> that. That regular American politics are bad, but like that. I think what it is is that Donald Trump is so insane that sometimes people think like he's not as different because you can't, your mind can't wrap around it. It's kind of like when you casually mention a million dollars and a billion dollars. You know, <laughs> yeah. just when you hear a million and a billion, you think, okay, a million, a billion. But like a million dollars is like a million seconds is like ten days. 
mm-hmm. and a billion seconds is 32 years. You know what right. I mean? When you right. actually look at it, you're like, no, no, no. I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just get I'm so sh- worried because I'm just like, like, I'm like 50 million it. people die that they didn't need to die. <laughs> I know. Oh, but can oh. we just very, 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 very quickly touch on I know that we're gonna we're about to probably offend some people but Catherine and I do not hold the sanctity of life in the way some people do no and the people who died in hilarious ways that day Catherine literally the woman with the flag that said don't trip me or whatever who died when I found out like that someone had (laughs) died I was like oh my god oh no and then when I saw who had died I was like fuck you got what you deserve I don't give a shit oh you had a heart attack because you were too excited at Capitol Hill fuck yourself like literally (laughs) do not care you were like like like, they killed a cop didn't they did they like a cop died oh I don't know why and I did I not like, hear that ever. Blue lives matter. I didn't. He- clearly, I didn't hear it at all because apparently, blue lives don't matter if white lives kill them. Like the amount, um, the literally, the like kisses on the cheek, the cuddling, the making out between the cops and the fucking the white people. The white people. I mean, the like um, anti-American like terrorist group that uh, that showed up. Yeah. The, the weird treasonous group. Um, absurd and i mean as they've said like you don't see hannah montana and miley cyrus in the same place but yeah you know what the what the most insulting thing is is that they tried to blame it on on, uh antifa and i was like if anti-fascists had anything to do with this and let me tell you let me tell you all dead better at it number one yeah yeah, much maybe we better or maybe we'd be all dead because there'd be a bunch of black people there or like <laughs> like the fact that they actually think that antifa is a group is the funniest thing in the world no so it's usually like really nice white people who like don't want to risk their lives in ways like bungee jumping like a lot of white people but they still want that risk but they want to do it for a cause so a lot of like antifa like actual like black block or like other groups of people who like stand around and protect pro like peaceful protesters from like the white supremacists that come yeah. and try and like punch you in the face um those guys uh the ones who are always ready for a fight now i i will say they they are often white people but they're often white people who are just like man i don't get to skydive anymore but i do need some risk but i do want to do it for a cause because i have a lot of white guilt we appreciate so the bodies on the line people. we appreciate the bodies on the line <laughs> truly um truly. But, but no, no but i was saying- like nah the fact oh, that they think a lot, all these like weird alt-right people think that like Antifa is a group like the Ku Klux Klan, then we all have like our like pink hoods or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah we're all meeting in the woods to burn. Yeah, we all have know. our pussy hats, you know? Oh my God. Oh my God. Here. We need to start. Okay. Well, you, you know what? You We said that Antifa doesn't exist, but we're starting it right now. This is the first, <laughs> we are the co-presidents of Antifa. Um, we are going to commission a collection of white women to knit uh robes that like start with a pussy hat and go down to the floor yeah you know oh yeah this is a plan this is a plan (laughs) merchandising alone like we'd make the money yeah so well so speaking of all this i feel like you know it's been like a little bit down on america and i just wanted to introduce something like with some levity there's something i don't (laughs) really represent like the the culture the um, like america for donald trump whatever yeah that (laughs) I'm fully expecting it to be some Mexicans acting like Uncle Ruckus, and I'm not ready for it. <laughs> so I just want you to listen to this, Carmen. I just want you to listen. I just want you, you want to, to understand. Oh, just to listen. Keep your eyes closed. 
um, just imagine like you're at a Trump rally. This starts playing. You start really the, Christian, <laughs> the Christian spirit. No, thank you. <laughs> Like, like a bluesy kind of sound. What is this? Escalator. He said, "November, I'm the man." What is this? And kicking a few cans. What is this? Wait, hang on. Listen to those lyrics. T R U M P. This isn't a song. Is this a real song? Yeah, okay. you can look now. <laughs> oh no! Who is this? Is the is president? This yes, it is. <laughs> Why have you done this to me? <laughs> Wait, hang on, listen to this part. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh, just lock her up. You've blown my mind. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> okay, I think there's enough torture for everybody listening. Uh, don't ask why I know that song. Um, but <laughs> I honestly, the first time I heard that, did you laugh? I couldn't believe. Like, I felt like I left my body when I first heard <laughs> that. So that was the, the President Trump Blues. It's a song from 2017. It's by a Christian artist called Carmen. And I just felt like it was <laughs> appropriate to make Carmen listen to. Um, and I just feel like it's such a weird, like, exemplifying of the other side. Because, like, yeah, sure. A lot of these people are online, like, just, like, absorbing cons- conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, probably both sides are online absorbing conspiracy theories but there's a whole other group of like weird american christian people <laughs> who, who are really listen to Trump. that music because chris because carman or carmen <laughs> carmen is a, a <laughs> christian uh artist who like sells out christian places and i think he played for um president trump i think he was actually invited to some president trump something, something. absolutely not so that is the other side of it people who would listen to that president trump blues song and be like yes yes and, um, and yeah so it's like mad. the christianity in the united states is out of control and um, mm-hmm. oh i was just gonna yeah. say and if you dig deep on any of these conspiracy theories far enough you will find some weird christian shit flat earth you dig far enough into flat earth and they're all like it's just like a weird christian cult you well, dig it's far like enough an enlightenment thing right yeah you you dig far enough into like literally anything fucking just knights templar come up christianity comes up like everything every there is no american conspiracy theory that does not end in jesus christ like every single <laughs> and so like poor jesus. poor jesus he would not appreciate any of this um no nope. but there are these people who just like scream and like are so pro trump and like even now he's lost like they they think it was stolen from him i know it's i mean they're sore losers but i'm also thinking like in canada when we talk about the u.s like i think for a long while it was a lot of like well we're nicer and smarter than them right and like obviously which like maybe they're not wrong um (laughs) say again i don't think i mean canada is better but no um, america's worst america worst there we go <laughs> um and uh and like i feel like for a long time it was that but then it got to the point where i was like 
if they waged a war against us oh, for any reason, like I wouldn't be surprised because this man, when they come for our water, like, I mean, that's it. Literally, if Trump had been in office for another eight years, he would have been in for another 80. Like he wouldn't have had to be alive. They just would reanimate his corpse. Like if he had somehow like won that election, he would somehow have figured out a way Honestly, to be president for life. I'm actually, I think we're lucky that he didn't die because I feel like if he had died, they would have made up some conspiracy theory about how the oh. Democrats killed him. Well, My favorite is when they say the Democrats are too leftist. And I'm like, I mean, Demo- you mean those far right centrists? Like we talked about (laughs) this is the thing about canada because people are always like i'm like i yes like are we much better no not at all not in our history not in anything we don't need to do this we don't need to do it anymore (laughs) we can we can put it to bed we can't just say (laughs) but when our conservative party oh my god is the equivalent left of your democratic party literally like like they like fucking rob ford is like 10, 20,000 miles further left than Joe Biden. And that right, is that's upsetting. Not, that's not, that's, that's like, the problem with Canadians is that we are too left-leaning to the point where conservatives often win in Canada because they have their base of 30% of people, which will always yeah. be in fucking any country. There's, there's going to be like <laughs> 25, 30% of people who are fucking assholes. And then mm-hmm. the rest, literally the rest of Canada is like, please, we just, we just want to be as liberal as possible. But it's just like two versions of it. There's the old white version, and then there's the other old white version. Like, I'm <laughs> NDP and Liberal Party are both still. Regardless. That's what I mean. That is what I mean. And I feel like I just don't, I don't, I feel like our generation of like teens and shit might have been, and I could be wrong, but like we might have been the last generation of teens who were like, ah, yes, I would go to the US and live there. Truly. Because, like, I can't imagine the younger kids would want anything to do with the U.S. because they would have been around, like, you know, they'd be growing up in a world where, like, everybody's talking about how fucking nuts the U.S. is. That is true. But then they're always fucking stupid people. And (laughs) America is still where, like, a lot of the, like, media stuff is. So maybe people still want to go there. But, like, honestly. Nah. Nah. (laughs) Like that no place is, it's it's just like okay well i mean i think we might have said this plan before but what we need to do is canada needs to take over like the pacific northwest down to california <laughs> yeah and then make that all canada and then we're yeah. set because then we can just go to california ah uh, what a dream and be in canada and i think most of them would be up for it i mean oregon um, it's full of white supremacists and they would think that canada's all white so they'd be like yay let's join canada and then like you have washington state right Mm-hmm. and, and Oregon already legalized weed right they would be happy so we're like learn. together we're there you know we're there there it's basically you know like seattle is basically british columbia on the other side what do you, of the do you when do you think the united states will split into separate countries oh girl i'm i'm in our lifetime because these people <laughs> i don't even want to say they've lost their minds because I, I i i don't think i just think that this is the natural progression of when you have a country founded on entitlement and also a country that large how have they stayed together fucking like germany and France land catherine fucking- in another country and it's called alaska and oh, yeah, somehow yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're totally stuck. We're in, we're in a different country. We are Canada. It's like the U.S., Canada, U.S. And you're like, how is that? Yeah. What are we, a sandwich? No. Um, <laughs> What's happening? The fact that they have territories, like the fact that they have Puerto Rico 
<laughs> and the as fact a that territory and they and the can't fact that vote. Puerto Ricans are so pro-America. What I found okay. out about the like Usnavi name, which is U.S. US Navy. Navy. <laughs> That's a very common name in Puerto Rico. In, that yeah, was, blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, and the U.S., but it's also like, so speaking of which, I was listening to this group, they're like a rap group from um, Puerto Rico, and they're very political. And I remember the guy did a documentary about traveling to Machu Picchu, and he talked about how the reason that he wrote a song called Latino America was because growing up in Puerto Rico, you're told constantly that you're American, not Latin American. So you're kind of like kept away sort of from latin america as a whole except for like maybe music that you would get right like from different spanish-speaking countries but otherwise you're not taught to have this camaraderie with other spanish-speaking countries because you are american and like it wasn't until he traveled to latin america that he's like wait we have way more in common with these guys yeah, hang on a second than we do with those guys <laughs> and like yeah, I it blows my mind. It blows my mind that Puerto Rico can be treated so shittily and there's still people who I personally think are are fucking stupid enough to to be like, "You know what I want? I want these people who oppressed me to continue oppressing me, but just let me vote." And I'm like, mm, It's like not- it's like, oh, you know what it's like? It's like um so the documentary about the Night Stalker came out a few weeks like last week. And I've watched it, Carmen, I'm sure you have as well. Of course I did. Of course I did. Um, it's, yeah, it's a very good documentary on Netflix. You should watch it. But um, in it, there's a part at the end where they talk about Richard Ramirez's groupies. And then there's this old woman who's like, those are some of the dumbest bitches ever. That's what it's like when you're like, what's up with you? Why are you so in love with this country that fucking fucks you over constantly and would destroy you? It's basically give, like give a, it serial, a it's like as a country, I don't want to offend any Puerto Ricans, but it's like as a country, you're a serial killer groupie. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, what it's like they doing? literally conducted radioactivity related experiments on your population. They conducted, you know, like weird eugenics related like forced sterilization of women Mm -hmm. um they polluted their natural environment let's not even get into the hurricane and how they've gotten almost no help Carmen, 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 Carmen. they got they got like two rolls of paper towel thrown at them by donald trump two rolls of uh, you can't clean up the hurricane with that come on they're bounty they absorb more than <laughs> more than you think they more they absorb three times as much as any other like dollar store print uh. <laughs> so this is like how we feel but also we're like i feel so we're obviously racialized women queer coming from immigrant parents uh both of us coming from i mean if you think the ndp is to the left you should talk to our parents because then you'd be like <laughs> so the guillotine is hiding where oh Carmen, what what is happening we gotta build i mean would it be so bad if you and i as a craft <laughs> Made a, i would be very my mother would be proud i would be proud it would be great Sin. if we park it outside of certain buildings like what's it's we're not threatening anyone it's, it's, art. An, it's an art it's installation <laughs> it's art. um is it functional yes but it's an, it's an installation <laughs> um but i definitely think i know for a fact because Catherine and i have witnessed it ourselves 
that there are anti-masker like protests here all the time. There's a bunch of like Canadians for Trump. There's like a huge group of Canadians for Trump. Um, so like, I think it bleeds into this. Catherine and I don't need to talk about the guy we were in high school with who. I mean. Do we? Like, you Jesus know, freak. like, he's yeah, literally, Jesus he freak. was, Jesus Freak was, if you want to know more about Jesus Freak, listen to our <laughs> episode about high school. But um, Jesus Freak was basically the epitome of everything I've been saying about like, weird disenfranchised guy super christian super into trump super right wing like yeah yeah. and yeah obviously gavin (laughs) mckinnis again founder of the proud boys or one of the founders is from canada like there are canadian factions of the these these groups and yeah i have had two different times in like last like three months had a weird parade of cars go down my street where people are like honking their horns it's not even a lot of cars it's like 15 cars max so uh, honking their horns being like don't be a sheep they're lying to you about they're lying to you about covid like go outside you can only <laughs> fight this if you go outside and you're like what you know i'm all for you know what i'm all for revolutions and protesting i'm all for burning shit down do I sometimes in my in my sleep, you know, when I'm going to bed, all tucked in nice and warm and comfy, think, gosh, I really wish people would like stop caring so much about their comfort, which we never will, um, and care more about just like burning down these systems that have continued to fuck us up no matter how many reforms we make. Um, yes. Did I want these particular people to burn things down? No. No. no not these people. That's, That's- what I asked the problem is that the people that we actually need to burn things down are all on the wrong side they got God, brainwashed come, come on here. come over we need we need you know we need your we you need know, bodies on the line we need <laughs> we need your gumption we need your loyalty listen we need it. <laughs> listen 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 black people are tired we are all tuckered out we want to go betty by right now because we're just we've been dealing with this shit for too long we're tired. Years. We just don't have the energy. But y'all seem to have excess amount of energy. All this time to come uh, up I with know. weird theories. All this time. To well, this is what I've said, like, Catherine. Like, you know when people say, all. like, you know when people say, like, um, people won't work for free. Listen, have you seen the forums that these like alt right people like and the world all, time. They all the time? Listen, the fantasy world building. <laughs> is impressive like it's so <laughs> in-depth like Tolkien would be like Tolkien who like the, the work they have done just come on just switch it around come to our side put that work in for good well this is what I've always said and what you know my activist friend always used to say he always used to because I would make fun all the time of people who are like into the Illuminati and stuff like that um and he would always say especially if it was a racialized person he'd be like Carmen like I get it that you think it's funny and you can just like dismiss it as like somebody being stupid. And he's like, but a lot of people who believe in conspiracy theories and all this weird shit do have at their core a very, they're very good at critical thinking in the sense that they're like, at least very good at questioning things, which you need in like a revolutionary or in an activist. And he's like, somewhere down the line, they started off probably strong. You know, it's like the stuff with Hillary Clinton, with the KKK and like the white supremacists, how they're like, they were like, I don't like Hillary Clinton because it's a group of elites that are running this country and doing it, you know, doing what they can to cash paychecks for their friends. Correct, sir. Continue. You're on the right track, you know, and then they continue. And then they're like, you know, I really don't think that they're here for the people. They're not doing anything for us. Agreed. 
Yes. Sure, 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 Continue. Sure. Hillary Clinton is a secret Jew, and you've lost me. No, somewhere. Again, somewhere I have down said that it path, before. You veered. You veered. Come back. I have, I have said it before. <laughs> I will say it again. What's the point of being a secret Jew? <laughs> Why? Um, okay, so, yes. But, I mean, I will argue the idea that they're good at critical th- thinking i think they have the desire to think critically Be good, they are right. not good at critical thinking no they lack they want to comprehension be they are not they're just they're just not the brightest bulbs and they all again <laughs> are so religious they're also and i don't want to be mean about religious people However, no, because there's religious people who are great. And if anybody has any questions about me thinking religious people are great, you just need to Google liberation theology and you'll see that I think there's a lot of religious people who are or great. Or listen to our two part on religion. But oh, yeah. um, was it three part? Three part. It was three was part. Three part. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. I, uh, yeah. But you know what? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you bring magic into your life from an early age, by magic i mean some sort of religion right and you think there's a guy in the sky if you believe it literally and you believe that there's dudes in the sky and like weird many-faced angels or whatever depending on how you (laughs) go about it um you're already predisposed to thinking in a magical way literally it's a magical way it's not just like yeah people are very sensitive about this sort of language but it's true you're predisposed to thinking okay well if this is real then this can be real I don't like maybe there are people who are not religious who are flat earthers but I don't know yeah because I think there are people who are religious I mean I'm, I'm sure there are people who aren't religious who are flat earthers but it's way easier to be a flat earther if you believe already in some sort of higher power or right. something like that you're like in some sort of something or if right. you don't believe and also the ones who don't believe in God they believe in aliens some people believe this conspiracy theory but the version of like the version of the government that they have in their head is like lizard people like it's always some sort of heightened fantasy D bullshit but that's why i said you know the lizard people stuff is kind of the same thing where it's just like I'm saying oh. i'm just saying i'm just saying if you're already <laughs> religious you're predisposed to believe nonsense i mean <laughs> really you're gonna call it nonsense yeah sorry guys. i'm gonna i'm gonna go hard on this hard opinions <laughs> hot takes sizzling um, over here but it's definitely influenced, I think, the politics here in Canada, because I do feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of talk about the conservative government here. And yeah, we laugh and we're like, yeah, our conservatives are like your dem- Democrats, essentially. But, but there, are, there are a couple of people like the new leader of the conservative party, whatever. I think it's O'Toole or something or whoever the fuck some it dead-eyed is. white man. It's horrifying. Know. It's horrifying. Like he's his 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 thoughts on things are horrifying. And I'm like. So I don't, I think that it's influencing us in a way where people are like racist people are more likely to say things with their chest, Yep. you know, which like, I don't need in my life. Um, but then also I think it is maybe also influencing like how much we take from the U S cause I think, I think politicians always like, you know, like politicians are always like, Oh, I want to thank you know, I want to congratulate so-and-so for becoming president, or I want to congratulate them on this or on that. And I feel like that camaraderie wasn't around when Trump was president with Canada. Like it just didn't happen. Um, And so I feel like there's less of an influence. And I feel also like people are so sick and tired of hearing about the U.S. that I feel like a lot of people are consuming content from other countries. Have you not noticed that? Like I even think like Netflix has like 
shit from all over the world that you constantly see and like you know, like Shit's Creek got really big in the US. And in the US, they were like a show about a family with no money and a gay son. And like, you know, like in a small town, but like, it's not traumatic. Like, you know, it's just like wild. They were just floored. Whereas like here in Canada, we're like, oh, it's Dan Levy. Yeah, like Dan Levy. You do, <laughs> like, like, okay. Cool. Happening um, that's great, but whatever. But yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, that is very true. And I do worry about the influence of because like the thing is people are like oh yay it's like a reset they keep saying it's like a reset like and they're they're like oh yay Joe Biden it's gonna everything's gonna be great I'm like the damage has been done you guys this is yeah like <laughs> these these ideas these people these this rhetoric it's corrosive and violent and awful and it has seeped into everything. And it has also yeah. made people like, like now when you hear that someone is alt-right, you're like, of course. But like, even like just, just before Trump, it was like, <laughs> fucking don't say that you piece of shit. Like people were more angry. Now people are like, yeah, that fucking asshole. Like, so these ideas are becoming more normalized and it's like, the, the damage has been done. The yeah. damage has been done. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the world to melt. Um, <laughs> Uh, Catherine is waiting for a prediction of um, what's it called? Mad Max. Yes, Mad Max. If you can catch me in the desert on my motorcycle with my gun, I will be and your seeds destroying and the seeds. (laughs) I'm that old lady in Mad Max Fury Road, one million (laughs) percent. So you can catch me killing white supremacists in the desert in 2050. Like it'll be like that. It's so, ugh, it's so, um, did I tell you, by the way, it's very funny. My sister, who listens to this podcast, she, she can't watch Mad Max Fury Road. Because one, she gets too pumped when she watches action movies. So she like gets like too into it. But also it made her upset because it was too real to her. <laughs> she was like, this is too real. This is going to happen. You, you and like, I need to have a conversation then because I remember specifically you took me to see it in the movie theaters and I had to go talk to my therapist about all of my end of the world anxiety from oh, that movie. I love it. I, the thing about <laughs> me and you is that we have a very different like we just like absorb things different. I feel like you're like a nihilist in like the stressful way. And I'm a yeah. nihilist in the like, like, ninety, like the positive way. Like I am like, yeah, yeah peace signs low. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're all gonna die. Like, it's just like, I have no problem with it. Like when Carmen talks about like us getting older and stuff, she's like, I'm t- just like the stress that comes off <laughs> you is like enormous. And I'm just like, don't care anymore. People don't have to ask for age. Like I don't. I like. I don't care anymore. I don't. I, like. I welcome all of it. The Carmen like turns into a stress ball, and it's very, very funny to me. We both, we are both nihilists, but it's just like just, from, just on different ends of the spectrum in terms of how we uh, bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know we, we oh. both. We both think we're gonna end up like crouching in the desert, like 100%. killing bugs for water, but. I recently I'm, was like, cool I recently started thinking about how I have to get LASIK eye surgery because like I have a pr- pretty good job. So like I can definitely afford it. Um, and I was like, man, if the end of the world happens, now's the time to get me some LASIK eye surgery. This is a point. I have thought about that. I do like glasses. I do too. Maybe I will. Maybe I should. Maybe I should get my eyes Yeah, because at the, at the end of the day, depending on your how bad your eyesight is, I mean, mine is definitely yeah. a disability without these butts. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I'm just like, I have a headache afterwards. I'm like, ugh. I can't see shit. Like, I can't see anything in front of me. It's really bad. Um, And what I wanted to say, speaking of nihilism, I ran into one of my coworkers from when I used to work at my last job, which I, my last job, I, I, I left 
in May of 2020. So I was working from home with them for the last two months. And I specifically remember I opened my computer. There was three of us in an office together. And I was like, oh, they found a virus in China. And I was like, well, I guess the pandemic is here. And my I ran into this coworker who shared an office with me. And my coworker, they were like, um, so you predicted, remember? And I was like, well, my friend Caitlin mostly told us that this would happen. And they were like, no, no, no. I remember you turned on your computer. You saw that they had discovered a new virus and you said, oh, look, a pandemic. <laughs> I was like, did I do that? And they were like, <laughs> you yeah, manifest it, Carmen? Yeah, they're like, you need to predict nicer things next time. <laughs> it's like, sorry, my bad. But, you know, it's just, it's I, just because I think the world is going to end at any moment. Carmen, I have to ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. Were you disappointed it wasn't zombies? No, thank God. I actually wasn't. I was very relieved. You know what I, I worried about? So my anxiety revved up when I heard mystery virus in China. I was like, oh, this is exactly World War Z. Yeah. The world is ending. So then I had that anxiety. And then when I realized it was a cold or like a fluish type of thing, I was like, okay, this is fine. And then when the vaccine came up, you guys are going to think I'm nuts. And it's fine. It's fine. But you know, I was really glad that the British were getting it first because it's basically an island. And I was like, if there are weird side effects, if zombies happen, I would like to know before. And so when they got it like two to three weeks before, I just, you know, kept my eyes on the news. I was like, is anybody, you know, dying and coming back to life? No? Okay, we're fine. The thing is, if you actually look into like <laughs> what's in these these vaccines, it's just like very like banal banal shit. It's fine. So no, there's fine. so there's not gonna be any zombies, unfortunately. See again, Carmen, the idea <laughs> of you of it being zombies for you was fear and horror. And I was like, I wish it was zombies. <laughs> I would love to I have a machete. I'm like ready. I'm 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 ready for it. I just have to be a ball of worry every once in a while. I just wake up and I'm like, oh my god, we're running out of water. And then I just go back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you gotta embrace the fun side of nihilism. You gotta embrace the like the joy you can feel. <laughs> it's funny. I again I've told my sister this and she was upset with me. She's like, don't that's stupid. But like for me, when I'm feeling stressed out, I like to think about how insignificant I am. Like I'm just a speck on a ball that's a speck in a solar system that's a speck that's just like <laughs> floating around each other and rocketing through space. Like the like the amount that I am insignificant makes me feel better. <laughs> huh. Oh, you know what? Actually, I that that I remember you mentioning that to me. And I think for some some things, you know, when you're like worried about somebody being mad at you or you're worried mm-hmm. about whatever, like I, I've had those moments and I, and I always think about your thing about like the insignificance of like us as a, like our existence. And I think I remember telling my therapist that once I was like, you know, Catherine finds it really comforting. And I, you know, I, I found it useful for a couple of things. And she's like, well, that's, that's one method. <laughs> I'm like, like I guess if it works. Matters. <laughs> nothing matters. Nothing matters. So anyway. Okay. Well, we've gone off topic, but, or have we? <laughs> Or have we? Have we? Yeah. So this was this is a great conversation. We could always go more in depth if anybody wants us to do like an in depth look at like American interventionism. Catherine can go into the Caribbean. I can go into Latin America, and we could just depress everyone. Oh. You know, it'd be a fun time for sure. So yeah, we can cause depression by talking about <laughs> oppression. <laughs> oh, Catherine. No one's tuning back in. All right. Well. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. I'm so happy to have spoken with you. It's been far too long. Far too long. Um, um, yes, ma'am. Do you have oh, any recommendations? 
do I have any recommendations? Well, I would like to recommend one, the Night Soccer documentary. Go watch that. Mm. Very good. Actually, Mama. not. it's not even that stressful. Like, it's like, no. it is a little bit, but you don't go to sleep scared or anything. I watched it all in one night and like went to bed late and was fine. Yeah. So... And also the way he is caught, the way the Night Stalker is caught makes you feel better. <laughs> You're like, yeah. And Latinos really, really, really came through. Just, like, came through. Came, came through that day. But I guess my actual recommendation is, man, I rewatched all of the How to Train Your Dragons this week. And oh. they're the <laughs> best. Is, is that the best trilogy? Like, listen. I actually think so. I love The Lord of the Rings. It's my favorite set of movies of all time. <laughs> but I think... How to Train Your Dragon might be the best trilogy of all time. Fuck you, Star Wars. Like, literally. A hundred percent. Guys, go rewatch them. They make me want to cry. I want to... My cat looks like Toothless. It's the it's the best. So what would you like to recommend? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I actually just started, maybe over the weekend, listening to this podcast called Guru. Guru, the enlightened enlightened savior anyway let me look it up but essentially it is a, a podcast um it's like a for now i think it's just like a mini series um I remember the secret Catherine? yes i do okay so oprah had this guy who was like part of like the secret go on her show and he became super famous obviously because anything oprah touches turns to gold and um like the secret exploded it was this huge thing so it's called it's all actually called guru the dark side of enlightenment and it's about the kind of like the main guy who kind of popularized the secret um, who was both in like the secret, like the movie and also like, I think part of the book or whatever. And he actually is responsible for the death of quite a few people because he liked to do things. Like he's basically a con artist slash cult leader essentially is what he's like all the traits and he created what he called a sweat lodge, which is very, very um, infuriating to anybody indigenous and uh, people died in their in the sweat lodges because it wasn't a fucking sweat lodge it was just a an endurance training use using heat oh, where God. you would allow people to leave technically well you know people died but it is a great podcast because i think we need to question more of these weird self-helpy things that we keep seeing everywhere especially now with the pandemic question it because some of these people that are touting it making thousands and majillions of dollars off of it are bad people mm-hmm. like the secret you know just maybe maybe listen to it be a little shocked be a little horrified and really concerned that this white guy thinks he invented sweat lodges oh oh that's really great i'm glad to hear it but i just realized you know what i want to actually recommend <laughs> what critical thinking like (laughs) as a theory as a concept let's do it more let's do it more let's like maybe like pick up a book about it um written by someone reputable that's your first find a good book about critical thinking it's your first (laughs) research project and then go from there and also maybe some self-help books maybe deal with your feelings a little bit more but critical thinking and reading comprehension oh so oh delicious and like don't be afraid to like, if I always have a, one of the moments that really changed me as a person, I think was in my like mid to early twenties when I first, uh, like fully read Malcolm X's biography. And I remember reading it and I was sitting with my friend and I was like, Hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. And my friend was like, what? And I was like, well, I don't know. I can't really criticize. It's Malcolm X. And he was like, Carmen, you should never hold people up onto a pedestal to the point where you can't criticize them that's how you end up in 
shitty situations. And I was like, I don't think he likes women too much. And he was like, no, he did not. Sure didn't. Hold women in high regard. Um, But anyway, that is my example of how I realized that like, even some of the people that you think are celebrities or famous know a lot, like you can still, it's okay to still question them. You know? Absolutely. Just do it. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. It's not going to hurt. There's no supreme leader. It's okay. (laughs) There's no grand dragon. Sorry. Except if you watch Doctor Who and think it's real. In which case, there are. Or if you're in the Grand Dragon, you're in the KKK. (laughs) Honestly, don't you miss? Yeah, they're like the the Grand Dragon of the KKK. Isn't that the main guy? What? Or the High Dragon or something. something, It's definitely a dragon. There's definitely Catherine. a dragon. This episode should oh. be called Catherine is blowing Carmen's mind. And also like wizards, like there's grand wizards, right? Or maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it isn't grand dragon. Let me hang on. Grand I got to make dragon, sure. Yeah. KKK grand dragon. Grand wizard. I feel. They're very magical. Um imperial wizard and grand dragon have still been generally used for the leader of the clan. Grand dragon. You take those people seriously and they call themselves a grand dragon? So, okay, the Grand Wizard, Grand Wizard, Imperial Wizard, Imperial Wizard. Again, you imagine joining a, a group where somebody was called an Imperial Wizard. Can yeah, you there's imagine? definitely some kind of Grand Dragon. It's an officer of superior rank in the Ku Klux Klan hierarchy. Gross. Well, anyway. Needless to say, my recommendation is this guru thing. <laughs> Catherine is critical thinking, which I a thousand percent second. <laughs> Uh, okay so well you can find me thinking critically on instagram probably not though i mean it's just pictures of my cats and pictures of food i've made i'm at bcc williams pretty much everywhere on even on twitter even though i'm not gonna be there (laughs) y'all and you can find us at i'd kill a spider for you on instagram and then i'd kill a spider number four letter u on twitter yeah and for all you old folks including us uh we also have a facebook page i'd kill a spider for you written out the way it is on insta so that's a fun time if you want (laughs) to follow our page other than that my instagram is carmen underscore maria 416 and i do not have a twitter um but yeah follow me for some sometimes political posts and posts about the rapidly decaying um situation in my apartment i mean yeah that's a lot of that it is a lot of that it's a lot of carmen (laughs) stressing about like plumbers and stuff It's not even a joke. Uh, well, uh, this has been lovely. Take care. Yes, wait. You oh, say, no. oh, 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 I know how we can go out. No, 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 no. <laughs> the biggest upset you will ever see.